Hey guys, really quick, as you'll hear at the very end here, Eric forgot to hit record in his end, so his audio won't be as good as it normally is, but it still sounds just fine with the call recorder app I have. It was a great show, so I'm glad I had the backup. Enjoy. I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? Who will survive? Justifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream rise to the top. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Hello everyone, welcome to episode, I think officially, 113 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and with me, once again, he's back, is... Eric Sanchez. We're been, coming in hot, right? We are, it's been a couple weeks, yep. we've been we've had WrestleManias, we've had other podcasts, tons of stuff. I've been busy, Yeah, but, but it's been... Me too. I'm talking about podcast-wise, I've been busy. Oh, You've just been kind of busy. So okay. we'll get into all that in a second. And what we're going to talk about this week, we've got listener submissions. We've got tons of stuff to talk about. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope everyone enjoys it because this week we are talking wrestling is forever. All the matches, the moments, the events that when you think of wrestling, you know this will last forever, which is a pretty cool thing that wrestling has. It's unique. And other sports have it a little bit, but we'll talk about why wrestling being forever is so unique to wrestling specifically. If this is your first time listening to us, maybe a friend referred to you or you just follow us on Twitter for all the fun stuff. Really appreciate that. You could find all of our past shows on any of your favorite podcast apps, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search Positively Processing Podcast. We will come up. You can uh, go back and listen to all the fun shows we've had in the past, all the watch-alongs. I said, I think officially this is 113 because We've had so many more between watch-alongs and special guests and all yeah. that. We're, we're up there. Maybe I'll do the official count soon, but we've been at this for over four years now, and it's been a lot of fun. And I mentioned Twitter. You want to follow us there at PPW Podcast. And if you want to go to Instagram or PPW underscore podcast, you can follow us there for my fun wrestling photos, sometimes with captions, sometimes without. All right, Eric, what's new? What's exciting and new oh, since my last goodness. we recorded? I got I got so much junk, <laughs> so much wrestling stuff in the mail the past two weeks. Did you? You know, once that stimmy hits, man, I'm just I'm like, man. What'd you, I, so what'd you what'd you get? What what came um, in for you? I mean, I got I got a bunch of figures from Ringside Collectibles. I got the Roman Reigns. I got uh, which the Roman? Bright, the the new one with uh, the gold glove? No, no, no. I got um, Jesus Christ, put me on the spot here. A Roman Reigns <laughs> elite <laughs> figure. I don't know what. Uh, it's what like said, you got a John Cena. Like, come on. No, it's, it's one of the newer Roman Reigns. It's not okay. pre-ordered or anything like that. It's just whatever they had, like like best of 2021 or yeah. whatever it was. So I got that one. I got the Bray Wyatt. I finally bent in. I know I put it out there. Like, oh, I don't want to get this because his crotch looks like a vagina. But you know what? Talk about the fiend Bray Wyatt or the yeah the fiend. Okay, with, with okay. his uh, with his uh, you know. His, his lantern, his, his lantern okay. head. Okay. So I got that. I got, um, geez, man, I got, I got, 
Bianca we'll Belair. I got okay. uh, her WrestleMania win. Just so much stuff. And then I shared with you, but I was told not to share this on Twitter by Hal Haney, who does uh, some wrestling illustration. So, 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 so hold on time. So you're going to share it on a podcast. But not well, yeah, because it's not, it's not images. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know what the, what the beef is with that, but uh, he's like, yeah, just don't share it on Twitter. I'm like, all right, fine. But if you, you know, follow Hal Haney, it's at Hal Haney, H-A-N-E-Y. He does a lot of like really cool, like wrestling, like comic illustrations type deals. And he has a series called Rogue's Gallery. So he'll have like Hulk Hogan with his back, you know, facing all of his like iconic opponents yeah. from Roddy Roddy Piper to um, Andre the Giant. Just so many different people he's gone through over the years. I'm like, man, that's pretty awesome. And he did one for uh, the Crow Sting. So you got a lot of NWO guys. I'm like, man, I'm trying to. It, it's fun. It's almost like a Where's Waldo type thing, but everybody's got a different name. You're like, oh, who's that person? Who's that person? So for me, it's like fun to look at. Like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. And then it just takes me back to all the different rivalries that Sting had with the NWO. Do you got these uh, framed up yet or are you not still yet? Looking I'm, for I'm looking at frames and kind of figuring out, you know, how how do I put them in my room without overtaking my entire room with wrestling stuff? So what size are they? Like 11 <clears> by 17? How big yeah, are they? They're 11 by 17. Okay. Well, that's okay because you could line three of those up together along the wall won't take up too much space it'll look I've got, nice i've got four. Oh well you so got, I got four the, walls I, in a room don't you pal <laughs> so i got the bret hart one uh and the stone cold steve austin one so all of these are like super awesome um i tried to figure out because he, he put some stuff on twitter i'm like well how do i order one and he won't reply to like those direct questions but then he has in his bio on twitter that he has an etsy page so i went to his etsy page yeah. And I'm looking at the Etsy and I'm like, I don't see what he's putting on Twitter on here. So that I messaged him through Etsy and it was like, yeah, just tell me what you want. And we'll do like the, the pick three or pick four um, value price, whatever he has. It's like a discount if you buy more. So yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, this is what I want. And I got him within within a week. Like he's pretty nice. good. About it. So yeah, I've got that. I bought a Pentagon uh, uh, Lucha mask. I got that in from Mexico that I ordered like a month ago. I don't know, just a lot of cool stuff I got in. <laughs> You're going to run out of room. Got to be careful. Yeah. You have to yeah. move. <laughs> Bigger place. Yeah, I'm going to have to take over my uh, the, the spare room here. There you go. Yeah, uh, the, the, I haven't gotten too much crazy stuff lately. I did go to a toy show. I went to that one last Sunday. Lots of cool stuff there. Yeah, I like what you got there. Yeah, it was a lot more focused on the elites. Uh, Hasbro's and stuff they had. They were Everything was priced pretty fair. I almost pulled the trigger on a couple of Ghostbusters things, a Ghostbuster proton pack. Uh, and I was going to just buy that, clean it up and put new stickers on it. But I'm like, you know, I feel like these come up on eBay all the time and they do. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of wait and maybe get a better deal on it. I did pick up a couple of galoobs, picked up the sting galoob and the Ric Flair with the belt. was pretty pumped about that. They were very clean, no paint chip, really good deal on them. And then I also picked up, the Ric Flair and Charlotte two pack mm-hmm. and their basics, but that's this is back when basics were awesome. Yeah, especially and, especially the women basics because they had yeah. like the that that the uh, joint and the waist thing. Yeah, oh that that joint. Not only that, but in like the shoulder bicep area. Yeah, yeah, and I really wanted that flare for a while, and I remember. Uh, I only saw this two-pack in the stores once, and the flare was stolen out of it. So I was like, well, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> so I was pumped to get it. I got all those. And uh, my daughter, Penny, lost her first tooth. So part of the thing, we told her, like, well, you get you get a Barbie because she wanted one. Yeah. And we were just going to go to Target, but I came home from hockey on Sunday morning. I was like, why don't we just all go to this toy show as a family? <clears throat> and Penny got to pick out, like, this vintage Barbie, and Barbies aren't worth much. Like, <laughs> there's 20 bucks. Yeah, she got, but like, still. A, a Sugar Plum Fairy one. It was, she was very excited. 
It is fun. And it, it's back again in October. So maybe you could join me next time. It's fun just to browse and see all the mm-hmm. stuff, to be honest. And it's outdoors and everyone was being cool. No one was being, you know, like the mask police. And also no one was being like a jerk about it. So it was cool. People had their mask on. People didn't. No one was a big deal because we were outside. But it was fun. It was a fun time. And that's what I picked up. Uh, also, and since we've been gone, I did the guest spot on the Fully Posable podcast and their podcast ho- guest series. Uh, I heard from someone that it was the most downloaded episode in the history of their show. Damn. Well, I was the one that heard, I said that. I was the one that told me that people that. So you are just going to keep telling everyone I was the most downloaded episode in the history of their yeah, show. Yeah, nobody's going to look into it. No, it's true. No one has access to the numbers except for Jeff, and Jeff's a dick. Mm-hmm. Just kidding, Jeff. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's funny because, so I'm with my working from home now, uh, my podcasting listening habits have changed like most people have. Yeah. And I used to listen to Fully Posable pretty much every Monday in the way to work, right? Because mm-hmm. they release Sunday, Monday morning. Yeah. Now I'm a full week behind because I don't listen to it until like the following Friday. So Jeff will say something. Uh, like last week, he mentioned something about me, and I didn't respond to it till like a week later. So I'm like a week behind in their shows. Uh, but follow them, uh, Fully Posable. We'll get to the podcast shots later. But uh, Fully Posable is a guest on their show. And then I've been doing my other podcast has been rolling along with my friend Casey, the Outfield Concourse podcast about baseball stuff, which has been fun to do as well. Uh, there's not too much I want to also want to get into because we have a lot to talk about mm-hmm. on this week's show. There's a lot of stuff, and I can't wait to get into it. Our topic this week, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's called Wrestling is Forever. And I, I think I texted this to you a couple weeks ago, kind of like I was, I was a little buzzed and I was watching. It was pretty late. <laughs> I was, and you realize it's a great idea. I was watching something on Peacock, the network, the cock, as my friend KP calls it. Oh, yeah. And I was watching something and it was a raw episode where, and I'm not going to mention what it was. That's on our, it's going to be on my list. It's like, man, this moment I've seen a million times, but man, this is, everyone knows this. This is like legendary stuff. Okay. And you think about it, what other, there's baseball's got their moments. You've got the Kirk Gibson doing the fist pump after the home run in the World Series, right? Mm -hmm. And for you personally, it's like the Cubs winning the World Series. I mean, it's the Sox, but that's not like a national, like the whole country and world doesn't, I mean, maybe for the Cubs because it's, it was such a big story, but (laughs) it doesn't really. It was America's team. No, 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 no. All right. No, no. That's that's what what I'm going to say. People can look into that or not. They can look into it or not. But anyway, with wrestling, this stuff we're going to talk about is universally remembered forever and universally like a legendary thing Mm -hmm. that even after these wrestlers are gone, it's going to be thought about forever. And some of the stuff we'll talk about, people are no longer with us that are on this list, (laughs) but- they're going to be with us forever. Yeah. So I'm, th- I'm thinking about, you told me this topic. I'm like, oh, okay. So I was taking it more for like what what stands out to me. You know, not oh, yeah. really Let's caring. Let's hear this. I can't, caring, I'm glad you're sharing this with everybody. <laughs> not caring if anybody else is into it or not. So yeah. one of my lists was um, <laughs> when the Dudleys or Bubba Ray Dudley was, was putting all like, I guess the women, the divas through tables mm-hmm. for no rhyme or reason, just to get heat, you know, putting all these women through tables. And then uh, Mae Young is in a wheelchair. You know, this is like week five or six, whatever. And and the Dudley the Dudley boys are on the stage. Uh Devon pulls May out of the chair and and, and hop like 
puts her up. Yeah. Legendary. Just an epic moment that's going to live forever. (laughs) Drives her through the table off the stage. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I totally remember that. And you're like, hey, are you sure that's the one to be on the list? (laughs) You're like, Hogan and Andre and then Bubba May. I don't think Same thing. Yeah, right. Same same category. Oh, man. And then that just really took all the air out of my tire. I'm like, ah, fuck this. (laughs) Jeez, it's aggressive. We got a family show here. My kids listen Uh, to this sometimes. No, they don't. They do sometimes. Okay. Okay. Forget Edit that out. No, I'm not going to edit it out. Give me a big, like, uh, duck duck sound over it. The wah, quack? Maybe, wah, wah. maybe I'll try to find that. I want this. Okay. First, uh, I want to get into a couple listener things uh, that uh, people responded to on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gerald Rosenberg responded, Andre beating Hogan on the main event, not on WrestleMania. So, that was the double referee twin thing, if you recall yeah, correctly. Yeah, that's, that's iconic. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, guys, as I read these, some of these I'm not going to read that were on the listeners list because they're on ours or other people. So we're not going to duplicate it. Then we have the ECW invasion in 97 of Raw. I, I remember that very well. Uh, the Owen Hart passing away in his Raw tribute, the mm-hmm. Raw Nitro telecast, and then uh, Punk ca- uh, first Money in the Bank cash-in versus Edge, which is, I think, a underlooked cash-in moment, for sure, especially yeah. with, with CM Punk being there, because he had yeah. another one, too. For me, that was when, you know, I was watching Raw, and I was also watching uh, Impact Wrestling through my computer, because I didn't get the channel. So I watched it through the computer, because I had the replay the next day for free online. So I'd watch that through my big, you know, big screen TV. But Raw is like, I was watching that. No one was around. And I love CM Punk, just because I'm just drawn to, like, just, I don't know, just yeah, metal looking dudes who's anti or go, going against the grain of everybody and just like the thorn in the side of like mainstream stuff. So he comes out, his music hits. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, here he comes and cashes in. I'm like, oh my God. And like nobody was around to like share that with. But to me, it's like I totally just go right back to my old living room where I was standing, all the furniture and just like mm-hmm. everything that was there when I had at the time. So yeah, I'd put that on the list. And then next up, we've got uh, Jeff, Jeff Soze, Verbal Soze, 37. He, this is just my personal favorite one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it made my list, though. WrestleMania 7, Randy Savage and Elizabeth reunite. Yeah. Get misty-eyed every damn time. And Yeah, and that guy with the big old mushroom hat, he's crying. His for The first cosplay <laughs> player yeah. of, of wrestling. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, it was, Brian, that was a big hat. Brian Breakers as Shawn Michaels returning at returning at SummerSlam 2002. <clears throat> That's like a match. It it gets talked about a ton, yeah. but in Shawn Michaels' career, it's just it's near the top of it. It's crazy how good that was after him being off for four years. Yeah, I kind of dipped match. out of wrestling at that time, so it's, Me too. it's nothing that I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I just I saw it on Raw, and I'm like, yeah. But did you have you watched that match? Have I have, it? and I don't get it, but you know, okay. I, I'm glad other people enjoy it as Jeez. much as they do. Well, is, isn't it like 30 minute match? Mm, yeah, kind of. It's a, yeah. it's like it's technically an unsanctioned match. Michael that's, wrestles in jeans. That's too long for me. Jeez. <laughs> that's why WrestleMania Seven's right up rally. All the matches are like three oh, yeah, seconds for long. Sure. <laughs> I wish all WrestleMania had 12 matches in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Mark Caruso shared when I was a kid, my mom rented one of the Hulkamania tapes. I watched the steel cage match with the boss man. And when he slammed Andre, what feels like a million times, I, I feel like I did that too. Like the boss man, Hogan cage match. I feel like I've watched that a ton. Really? It was, yeah. It was certainly its main event. I'm sure or a main event, but I do remember being on that Hulkamania tape. That's where I would have seen it. 
a million times. I do. Yeah, I don't think that. I've ever seen that. I gotta go watch it. Oh yeah, I gotta check. It's on a. It's on one of the Saturday Night Main events, but it's not in the Peacock yet. So, okay. but I'm sure it's somewhere on YouTube or, or Daily Motion, one of those <laughs> right, sites right, 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 right. for sure. Uh, Rad Chad's got a few. He's got the uh, This Is Your Life Rock and Sock, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. I remember that one. Me and my friends watching it. I, mean, I think my buddy was over. We were just cracking up, like laughing about it. I remember it just kept going, kept getting funnier and funnier <laughs> where the rock was like, and then you turned down the rock after like, he was like saying he tried to hook up with this girl and she yeah. stopped him at second base or whatever. Reg has got a few more, but we're definitely going to save those because they're on the future lists here. Uh, Jamie Wallace has got a few here. Axel underscore fully 13 sting winning the world title. Great American bash 90. I can definitely see that being a big deal for WCW fans. I've gone back to watch that and mm-hmm. I do like yeah. watching it. Super cool. Uh, Austin Stunning McMahon for the first time on Raw, for sure. Yeah. The Hogan... Was that when he had the purple strap? On the no, old... no. This was in 97 before he was even the WWF champion. He's oh, okay. McMahon. Austin okay. Stunning McMahon. Okay. Hogan and the Macho mm-hmm. Mega Powers unite in a Saturday night's main event. Uh, Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, WrestleMania 3. The Kane's debut at Bad Blood 97. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was just epic and that's again one i was watching have you what did you watch that uh, wwe treasury treasure hunter show yeah i've been watching it yes kane was on that that's made me think of that too and then hogan and the rock at wrestlemania 18 that was the original not the original but the original talked about they acknowledged this is a wrestlemania mm-hmm. moment like they they said it jr actually said it and it for sure was um and then fully possible <laughs> decided to share Jeff decided to share the task or the taskmaster, the shockmaster falling through the wall on Clash of Champions and his helmet falling off. <laughs> Thanks, I, I saw that live on on Saturday. Did you? Night. Yes, uh, TBS Saturday Night or whatever it was at the time, and I saw it. It was on uh, Clash of Champions. Well, maybe it was a replay then. Okay, like you know how they do like highlights yeah, yeah. of previous shows. But I remember seeing it. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And then a stormtrooper comes falling off, and I'm like, hey, that's tugboat. <laughs> and then he's fumbling around, getting his getting his ass up and putting his helmet back on. Oh, I'm going to. I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? Oh, I love it. That's but the more awesome. I watch it, the more I see like the other other wrestlers are popping and laughing, and even Sid Vicious says something that just like cracks me up all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, that in itself, it got to be number one. <laughs> That's your number one of all time. <laughs> yeah, put it at number one. These aren't going to be ranked, by the way. These are just going to be awesome ones to talk about. Uh, next up, uh, what do we got here? Uh, the Wrestling Guy. He's got a bunch. Brett versus Perfect SummerSlam 91. That's an epic match. Ric Flair and Sting. Then uh, PT alone has got Brett versus Bulldog at Wembley. Uh, it's one of the few all-time great matches that was also the main event. So that's a nice little call out there. Is there so, any any references to PN News from WCW? There, no, there's no PN News on this. Okay. Year. All right. Uh, now, I want to thank everyone for responding on Twitter. And please continue to do that, guys, with all the stuff we put up on Twitter. Just always reply and, and share and, and, and show feedback. All that stuff is awesome. We always love sharing with listeners. Next up is an audio submission. Uh, Tony Barker, you can follow him on Twitter at TonyWingDog72. He sent in an audio submission here that Eric and I listened to, and now you guys can listen to. Now, for people that have hosted a podcast for any number of time, and you've had either someone send an audio or interviewed somebody or even, even just like if somebody sends you something via email, it's tough to get across 
your point in a, in a uh, concise way, but also an entertaining, compelling way. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I both have the same thing. Like Tony just nailed this. Like this was awesome. We were both like, like he, he must be a storyteller, like as a as a full time job. Yes, he needs to start his own podcast. So Tony, get yourself a podcast, please. We're we're gonna stop gushing over Tony. We're gonna play it right now. <laughs> How we'll he describes Vince McMahon's voice. We're the just just hey, we're, hey, we're, hey hey hey. I'm not giving too much away. I'm just saying I, I, all the little details and, and well, we will get over so the detail. Let's we will play it now. Okay. And we'll get over the details. So here is here's Tony, Tony Barker with his awesome wrestling is forever moment event. Hi Steve. Hi Eric. Hi PPW fans. My name is Tony Barker. I was uh, recording here. I wanted to record a little message uh, regarding the wrestling is forever topic that we have this week on the PPW podcast. So the one big event or match that sticks out to me that cemented my wrestling fandom and the one that will really live forever in my mind is the ultimate challenge wrestlemania 6 uh, april 1st 1990 this was the first pay-per-view uh that we ever got and i was over the moon i was so excited this was a first this was i just become a wrestling fan a couple of months prior and what a show to start off, you know, my fandom really was WrestleMania six, uh, just from the start of it with that quintessential Vince McMahon boisterous intro uh, about the galaxies and the constellations and Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior. And when the theme song kicked in, boy, this felt like the biggest sporting event, the biggest event, I had ever seen and here I am a seven-year-old boy and I am just giddy as all get out I cannot wait for this match to start and I am treated for the next three hours to all of these just these over-the-top colorful characters there's so much going on from you know Coco beware on the bird and demolition three-peating and that was just the first two matches um you know, you see uh, Macho King and Dusty Rhodes in that mixed tag, that wonderful Jake the Snake Roberts promo, and then everything just culminates with the living equivalent of, at the time, you know, this would have been Captain America versus Iron Man, you know, in the uh, in the MCU, but this was, Hogan and the Warrior was just something else, and I was so, I was nervous, I was excited, I was so hoping that Hulkamania would run wild and Hogan would be the man. And he was the guy I latched onto at seven years old for better or worse. And I was actually scared that this, you know, this wild man, this guy, the ultimate warrior who looked like a lion running down the, uh, the aisle there at sky dome. I mean, he just looked like he was just going to go and pounce on whoever got in his way. And I was at the time, I was just like, please let Hogan win this. And, my aunt who lived with me at the time, you know, looked at me and said, okay, you know, we, uh, there'll be no crying if Hulk Hogan loses this match, you know, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I promise I won't cry. I, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, Hulk Hogan's got this. He has to, right. He's Hulk Hogan, the 24 inch pythons, Hulkamania. Nobody can overcome that. And not, not knowing, like I said, I'm new to the, the uh, my wrestling fandom. I have not seen the first five WrestleManias up to this point and, seen everything that has gone on. It was just Hogan was the guy, right? So 
Uh, it was just amazing. And for me, this will always live forever because this had the drama that you want in a wrestling match. And while it may not be a five-star catch-as-catch-can classic, boy, this had everything else. I mean, it had the psychology. And I think the match is underrated to you know for a lot of people. I don't think they give uh, these guys credit for being able to get up when the moment was uh, at its biggest. And this match, to me, was great. It had everything you could ask for. And to me, Gorilla and Jesse really cemented it, too, because they called this thing like a prized heavyweight boxing fight. You know, this was uh, Ali Frazier, you know, any any, you know, simile or comparison you can make make to it. This felt like a big sporting event. It didn't feel like, you know, this silly, uh, you know, a silly, um, you know, silly stakes in a wrestling match like somebody on a pole or you know, something like that, you know, coal miner's glove on a pole, anything like that, you know, this felt like a big time fight. And, it, you know, that always, I think that was one reason why Gorilla and Jesse always stick out to me even now, even more so than Gorilla and Bobby, if that's, uh, that may be sacrilege in some circles, but that's, that's how I feel. And a lot of this had to do with it because the match was so back and forth and there was not a lot of uh, heel babyface dynamic in the call. It was just these two guys were calling this wonderful fight, this big match. And, you know, at the end, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but the Ultimate Warrior, uh, you know, he prevailed after Hogan missed the leg drop. And I was devastated. You know, I was a, I was a little Hulkamaniac and I did cry, even though I, you know, I tried not to really hard. And but it, this was so just everything about WrestleMania six and the buildup and the match itself and everything just felt so big. And I just wanted to I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. And even now, you know, when I watch wrestling, I always kind of trace it back to WrestleMania six. So when, uh, you know, wrestling is forever, that was the moment that forever started for me. And I appreciate uh, being able to share that with everybody. Uh, I hope everybody has a good night, and I hope everybody has good wrestling memories. Um, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at TonyWingDog72. And, uh, you know, we'll talk uh, talk the matches sometime. But you guys have a great rest of the show, and I will talk at you another time. So Tony, of course, has shared WrestleMania six. Epic. And just when Tony's telling the story, just the first start of it saying, okay, this is the first show I ever ordered. Like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Just you and I both are putting ourselves back there being seven to 12 years old. <laughs> right. You know, crisscrossed on the, on the couch, on the floor and right away, just epicness, Vince McMahon. And mm-hmm. you know, the main events coming, but in between the time of that start of the show to the end, everything seems massive and big. And Tony's describing that and Coco beware even it's true. Like the Birdman's the first match. Like, okay, I'm in, let's go Birdman. And and the thing with that is like every single match was like, okay, this is, this is the start of something, you know, let's see how this shakes out. And you know, this person's taller, this one's big, you know, you kind of weigh out your own like, um, tail of the tape type things. Like who's how, you know, who has the advantage coming in and you know, it's, it's more, you know, real and there's more imagination to it when, when you're younger and hopefully adults have that same thing. But to me, I'm more on the cynical side of like, okay, well, and then I break it down more for, you know, actually like athleticism, but you know, just to be, have that imagination mind and, and mm-hmm. just enjoy everything. Like 
that that's what brought me back. Yeah, it's <clears throat> awesome. And then another thing he talked about was the commentary for the main event of Jesse and Gorilla. Mm-hmm. They treated it like a prize fight. Yeah. Like a boxing, there wasn't a joke. This was like, this is the real one. Here's, and Jesse had the tail of the tape and talking <laughs> about the biceps and the height and the weight advantage and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just incredible. And I, poor Tony was Hulkamaniac yeah. wanting Hogan to win. And his aunt made him promise not to cry if Hogan <laughs> lost. But of but course, geez, Hogan Warrior lost. comes running down like a damn lion, but ready to pounce on everybody. I'm like, man, that's a good description of the warrior. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Epic. And again, this is something Warriors no longer with us. Gorilla Monsoon's no longer with us, but this is something that will never go away. That whole event, that match. Yeah. That that WrestleMania six qualifies for all three. There's the moment of the Warrior Splash one, two, three. Mm-hmm. There's the match itself, and there's the event of WrestleMania six. All epic. Fantastic call out by Tony. And thanks for sharing, man. Really appreciate that and hope everyone else enjoyed him talking about his wrestling is forever moment was a big fan now this list that has been compiled between eric and myself this isn't the end all be all there's stuff we're gonna miss and that's okay this is just enough we have to fit and do our show this week Mm -hmm. i broke it down into uh, three sections matches moments and events i think we'll start off with matches first okay and the first match I want to talk about <clears throat> is Bill Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan from 1998 Nitro for the world title. Georgia Dome. Uh, at the Georgia Dome. This, There's so much that happens because I think everything aligned for this to make it onto this list. Mm-hmm. One, Goldberg wins. Wins yeah. the title. He's undefeated against Hogan, who, as wrestling fans... Throughout 96, 97, 98, we were trained, with the exception of Luger winning, even though he lost it like the next pay-per-view, we were trained that Hogan's going to keep the title. So I remember watching this Nitro and kind of being like, eh, I don't even know. I, I know NWA's going to come in and he's gonna Hogan's going to win by DQ or lose by DQ or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, but the whole place is erupting. And I encourage everyone, if you haven't watched this whole match in a long time, go back to the Nitro to watch this match. What, what's because the date on it? It's uh, I'll have to look it up, but I know it's, okay. it's June Nitro. I'll look it up while I'm talking here. But the whole, uh, the whole from when Goldberg walks down the aisle to Hogan in the ring to the fact that the building is so lit up because it's a stadium, it's not yeah. an arena. Right. You get to see so much of the crowd. And everybody's it's, it's gigantic. It. it looks like WrestleMania three, the Silver Dome. It does. And, the, and what's funny is they had a little bit of the area kind of split off. But it's still just jam-packed. And originally the plan was for this match to be a dark match, to not be for the title. And Hogan was the one who apparently suggested, no, let's make it for the title, put it on TV. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is that there were executives from Turner there, which so Hogan wanted to show those executives, hey, I could still draw the house, brother, or, or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. And I know in the past people have said, oh, this should have been a pay-per-view match. And it probably should have been for business. But I don't care. As a fan... Seeing this on free TV and seeing this moment, the stars were aligned. You got to pull the trigger on it. When Hogan first gets speared, the another thing that makes this epic is the announcing. Mm-hmm. You know, got uh, Tony Schiavone saying, "Oh, I'll be speared him," and then Heenan saying, "That's part one. Now pick him up, pick him up." Yeah. And then when he gets him up with the jackhammer, was Tony goes, "Oh hell yeah!" <laughs> He's just everyone hated Hogan so much. And then, well, yeah. 
And then Goldberg wins. Yeah, just, just the snotty, I don't know, the, the just the whatever attitude Hogan has or had as Hollywood, like it, it was just so hateable. Because he was so way, lovable before, but now he's just like, he's just a, sh- <laughs> you know what he is. You hate him. By the way, it was July 6, 98, not June, yeah. July 6, 98 of Nitro. But yeah, just the whole thing. And it's not that long of a match and it's perfect no. and it's just epic. And then people are throwing stuff in the ring. And I love rewatching the ending, mm-hmm. watching the crowd. Everyone's on like, come on, is this going to happen? And then it does. And then kaboom. Yeah. But even it's talking Epic. about perfect, like Kurt Hennig comes down. So it's like, okay, now this is going to be the disadvantage. But then exactly. you've got uh, Dallas with um, the mailman Carl coming Malone. down behind him. You know, Carl Malone puts a diamond cutter on perfect, just, well, Kurt Hennig, to get him, you know, out of the picture. So, God. Yeah, and the ending was just, everybody's like, whoa, whoa wait a second. <laughs> People throwing toilet paper, and mm-hmm. it was awesome. It is, and it's something that's going to live on. And go back and watch that. Uh Next up for a moment I want to talk about was Tyson and Austin on Raw. Yeah. This was built out throughout the entire show because the night before the Royal Rumble, Tyson's there. Austin wins the Rumble. And I'm in 7th or 8th grade, 8th grade at this time. Yeah, January 98. Yeah, 8th grade. And the whole show, everyone's buzzing. Like, what's Tyson going to be here? Like, what's his role going to be? Is he going to wrestle? Is he going to do something else? Be an announcer? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And... So the, the ending segment of Raw happens, and Vince is like, in this very ring, Iron Mike Tyson will, and then glass shatters, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, hell yeah. I remember as a kid <laughs> being a little mad at Stone Cold, because I wanted to know what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. And then Austin, I see you out there, in the, I've been in the back throwing up, you're shaking hands, so I don't want to shake hands with you, or shake hands, I ain't not to be <laughs> friends with you. And I always just laughed where... I always got a little bit of sign language, so here's to you. He flips them off, and then chaos ensues. Oh, yeah. And this makes it seem like this was unplanned, so real. Tyson's posse goes nuts. Vince is screaming, you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> For me, this just, as a fake sport fan, this legitimized it legitimized it for me because it was on it was on every sports talk mm-hmm. thing it was on espn like every hour there was uh whatever cable news had it they had a little sports section like i don't know like 52 minutes after the hour whatever it was it was on there all the time like holy crap like everybody's seeing this and everybody's believing it so i'm like this is awesome as a wrestling fan i'm like good more people will like this one of the things they did which was so great because it could have been so easy just to make this a silly wrestling thing mm-hmm. and have Tyson laugh at Austin or Austin and Tyson be buddies or whatever. This was no, this is a this is two guys that are like not taking crap from each other. Austin saying, This is yeah. my ring, this is my house. I don't care if you're Iron Mike Tyson, I'm a badass. I just won the Rumble, I to do, and it just was amazing. And I for the whole segment was fantastic, but I really think. The moment that stands out is them face to face in the ring with the posse, like that photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him flipping the bird, and Vince is like face, like oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah, he, just, he just dropped a load in his pants. <laughs> like you ruined this craziness, <laughs> but just another awesome thing. And a lot of these things we're just kind of touch on because in the future we may do full episodes. Like we may yeah. do a whole episode <clears throat> in this Tyson episode or whatever thing. But yeah, that's just and, awesome. and and looking back, it's like such a pivotal moment. Like, I mean, Austin himself is just a pivotal person, but just that moment just made WWF more watchable. Like it brought more eyes to it. It was building and building and building. And this isn't like the top of the mountain, but this is when the roller coasters really 
picking up speed to get to the top of that, at the top of the point here. And it fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. The next event we're going to talk, this is the event, I should not the next, but the event is a whole that's going to live forever. And it's got to start off with this one. It, it's WrestleMania three. It's the intro song. It's the initial shot of the silver dome. Yeah. And Vince McMahon saying, welcome to the magnificent silver dome. And welcome to WrestleMania three. And Fink's <laughs> behind him clapping, like you know, yeah. he's, he's ready to go. And Aretha Franklin, but the whole event, just I don't know what what it is about this because there's been manias with bigger crowds mm-hmm. and better matches. But up until that point, I mean, that was that's true. I mean, that was a record for a long time. It is, but think <clears> about <throat> it: how long this this show in 1987, which was basically a built on a one match card it was built around hogan andre that's mm-hmm. what it was built on yeah it still lasted this long and people are st- I'm, myself i'm looking at silverdome seat backs to buy like it's still a thing you know yeah. and and, I, and, uh, and going go back and watching this stuff like i knew it was hogan andre but then there's like a pretty good card underneath i mean first of all you got steamboat and savage right um then there's other other matches for me is like roddy piper against adrian adonis um Tito Santana and the Heart Foundation Bulldogs. and Yeah. I mean, just a lot of different, for me, like Hasbro characters and just little things from my childhood. I'm this like, is okay, more I'm LJN like, style, but even but yeah. I hear what you're saying, yeah. And I, I've tried to put my finger on why this stands out so much, but I really think it has a lot to do with it. It's starting during the day mm-hmm. when that initial, because you can see the entire crowd. Yeah. And also... There's no big WrestleMania stage, so it looks like more people because n- there's no area tarped off. Yeah, it's just the entranceway, and then also it's got the the ring carts. Like everyone thinks of the ring carts, you think <laughs> of you think of Bobby and Andre on the ring cart, mm-hmm. Bobby in his white suit with trash being thrown at him. You're like that's the only thing you think of. Just a and him him not him in his in his head in his arms when he's leaving. <laughs> yeah, it's just so much stuff, and we, we're not going to talk about specific matches and everything and. And all that, but but I, I love the promotion for it because you had WrestleMania one is cool. WrestleMania two, you know, I, whatever it was like. What was it like? Um, three locations, three, three different cities. Yeah, but this one was bigger, better, better, and that's what they built it on. I'm like, okay, I get it. And it was bigger, yeah. better, and better for sure. <laughs> yeah. Next up for matches, this is one that maybe a little controversial to some people, but I think it, it deserves to be on our show this week. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12, Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. Well, the boyhood dream and him coming down on the zip line, I mean, that's always shown. Yeah, it is. But the match itself, too, I think is, especially for the time in 96 WWF, mm-hmm. it's a really good match, and I still like watching it. And I know some people think it's like overrated and whatever, and maybe it is a little bit in comparing it to today's standards. But 96, I'm a big fan of it. And I was a big fan as a kid. And I remember when they first announced the match, thinking to myself, I don't want to have to watch Matt wrestling for an hour. Like, that doesn't seem yeah, good. Right. But That's how we, ordered, I felt. we ordered the pay-per-view at my friend's house, and we were on pins and needles the entire time mm-hmm. because they didn't do a fall till the end. And and at the end, Bret Hart got screwed again. Well, he was screwed the first time now. Just Monsoon. Was it Monsoon that came out and said, yes. you know, restart the match? I'm like, no, it, it was a draw. <laughs> the match is over. <laughs> were you watching? Did you watch this pay-per-view? Do you remember? Yeah, I did. Okay. So you, so you had the same thing. Like, I don't want to watch this, but then you were all in? Yeah, because it was kind of, I mean, it was slow, but there was a lot of, like, I don't know. I just kind of learned 
pacing and and different moves and like that's when i was like learning different things because it was i was a little bit older it wasn't so much about the um the, the flash and the pop of the colors and the characters it was like wrestling and i'm like okay i'm like i, I can get with this and the athleticism of sean like i kind of downplayed it a lot but you know just him and to me this is when i started to turn towards like you know i kind of like sean because for the long time you know the rockers i was a marty guy <laughs> you were the marty guy <laughs> yeah I'm like if anybody's gonna break out of this team it's gonna be marty Janetti. <laughs> but yeah i like this match but it is slow at some point so you know i might go to the bathroom or come back but you know yeah. they're still in the same hold when i come back but um yeah just the story itself you know that it could have been a 30 minute match and, and probably told the same story, but there's a lot of good moves. That I think took the time to, um, put it together, I guess. In college, uh, my buddy and I did the, uh, hour of power, the power hour to this match. <laughs> what was so, that? You know what that is? It's, no. it's, uh, 60 shots of beer in 60 minutes. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, there's other, the more extreme versions of the century club, which is a hundred shots of beer in a hundred minutes. But hmm, either way, uh, you know, 60 ounces of beer in an hour is, is a lot of, a lot of yeah. beer either way. <laughs> Makes you feel pretty good. So that, that's one that stood out for me is this WrestleMania match. Uh, the next moment I want to talk about, again, one I think you cannot have a list if you don't have this on there, Mankind getting thrown off hell in the cell at King of the Ring 98. Undertaker, Mick Foley's had so many moments and matches. Did you watch The Untold with him and Edge at WrestleMania 22? Ah, uh, no. It, it's no. I, I, I didn't. It must have been. It's been out for a while. I just missed it. I just watched it last night. It's fantastic. And Edge talked about how, well, Mick Foley had so many moments. I just assumed one was at WrestleMania, and that's what led to their match at 22. But <laughs> this Hell in the Cell match, this was the match when he gets first gets thrown off that we were watching this. I think it was, this was King, King of the Ring? Yeah. Okay. The first one. We were watching this. And after it happened, one, we were like, we like, wait, wait, did this really just happen type right. of thing? And then after it did, we were like breaking down how much could have gone wrong <laughs> with it. He could have hit the guardrail. I didn't just... understand how he got up. Like if yeah. that was me, I'd be in traction or a body <laughs> cast <laughs> for a year. <laughs> a bo- <But> like he... <laughs> a cartoon body cast. <laughs> yeah, everything. Just my leg up in the air, holstered up. <laughs> My arms outstretched. <laughs> you got to feed me my food through a straw or IV. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And the, the he got up <laughs> and he went through it again. <laughs> you are through the, the cage again to the ring. Yeah. Yeah. We, like I said, this is one that is in pop culture. Yeah. If every time there's a someone falling, it's the, oh, don't do it. Good God, go, Monty. They killed him. Like, it's that's He's the thing now. <laughs> yeah. It's just. I couldn't believe yeah. it when it happened. And we've seen so much hardcore stuff since then. Mm-hmm. But this still holds up because there's no crash pad. It's just a table and concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. Did, were you watching that pay-per-view? Do you remember? Or was this like a later thing? It was probably a replay. of what. I, it's hard to tell because I, I, I did order some pay-per-views mm-hmm. through, well, not me personally, but I, I would go to other friends' house to watch it. So, I mean, there was a lot of things I went to friends' houses to watch and I don't really remember where I was watching this time. Next up, we've got another epic event. WWE Money in the Bank 2011 in Chicago. This, of Mm -hmm. course, is the famous John Cena CM Punk match where Punk wins the title and takes off. 
this was one that this got me really excited about wrestling again. Yeah. I was watching pretty much from 2007 on to 2011 after my Mm -hmm. hiatus, but this time I was like, okay, like I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember I didn't go to this event because I thought to myself like, well, Cena's just going to win. And I don't regret not going because I actually went to Buffalo Wilds with a bunch of my friends and it was like a party atmosphere type thing there. But this is the first show since, since 2011, say maybe WrestleMania 17 or 18 where the crowd Mm -hmm. is that crazy into it, you know, the whole show. Yeah, it's so loud. Like, this is a pay-per-view, especially, well, the main event. You know, I'll show um, my fiancé of of, of reasons why I like wrestling so much. Because every week, I mean, it's week to week. It's it's whatever. I think I'm just invested in wrestling already, so I don't really need to be wowed all the time. So, like, if we watch, like, a week-to-week thing, she's like, Mm -hmm. eh, it was whatever. Which I agree with her if you're just first time watching. You know, Raws and SmackDowns aren't, like, super hype right now. But, like, this match is, like... This is my, what are probably like top five matches of, of anything that I would want to rewatch and get hyped up about. This is it. Yeah. This, the whole pay per view itself, too. You've got two great Money in the Bank matches. You've mm-hmm. got, or, and you've got an awesome Seamus Daniel Bryan match, two out of three falls. It was the rematch for, or not, yeah. not is this it? No, that was extreme. No, this rule. is that, Christian. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. It was um, the two of the two three falls after WrestleMania 28. That was also in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just an, I'm going to pull up the card now, but. Did you did you think Punk was going to win, or were you were you kind of like a mystery? Like I, well, I was. The, well, the story going into it was Punk's contract was going to end that night, so I'm thinking like this is legit real. Like I believe it because you know his contract was up, and Vis- well, I don't know if it was, but <laughs> I, I was led to believe it was. And Vince McMahon was like, "You will not, you know, I'll th- fire you, John Cena, if you don't beat him. I will not have you know a guy who's not going to resign a contract, w- resign with WWE, have my title. Like that's what I'm going into. I'm like, wait a second, and then that was the whole story going into. I'm like, maybe he could win i'm like he's in chicago he's like the biggest yeah he's the hottest act right now i'm like how couldn't he beat and just him and Cena just going back and forth with the pipe bomb and all this other stuff i'm like this is like peak punk like i i loved it and just the idea that he came out with the win i'm like holy i'm like his contract's over he's not going to resign he hates ww that's how i felt like he hates ww he doesn't want to resign he just took his damn title blowing it blowing a kiss at mcmahon on his way out i'm like this is awesome Yeah, and this match was 33 minutes, so a long match, and you still mm-hmm. enjoyed it. So, hey, there you go. Yeah, well, I, th- I think first 10 minutes was just, you know, chance. Just the crowd. And, uh, the other, the other card. acknowledging his friends. Colt Cabana was there, so it, it was a lot of fun for me to, being from, like, Chicago area, like, okay, he's like a Chicago guy. I knew his backstory. He was in, like, a LWF wrestling federation when we yeah. were when I was in high school, so. I may have saw him. I may have not. I, I like to believe I saw him wrestle because I went to an LWF show. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm tied to this guy, which mm-hmm. a lot of Chicagoans felt that way. And it was just, a, it was amazing pay-per-view. Yeah. The undercard, we've got uh, the SmackDown Money in the Bank match, which is Daniel Bryan, Cody Rhodes, Teeth Slater, Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sin Cara, Sheamus, and Wade Barrett. Daniel Bryan, of course, won that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres beat Brie Bella, and, and, or Kelly Kelly with Eve Torres beat Brie Bella. Mark Henry beat The Big Show, Del Rio, Alex Riley, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, The Miz, R Truth, Rey Mysterio for the Money in the Bank. Raw side, Del Rio won that. Christian defeated Randy Orton by DQ, which there was a qualification that if Orton was DQ'd, Orton would lose the title. Yeah. And then CM Punk beat John Cena 
for the WWE Championship. Yeah, just an epic match. And like you said, one, you want to show someone, like, yeah, do, do you kind of get it now? Like, this is why? And this is all the, all this stuff we're talking about here. Yeah. It, and and the, the, I think both, yeah, I think both uh, ladder matches are pretty good. They uh, are. Evan Bourne is always like crazy. I think he's underrated with just his skills. Um, Justin Gabriel, too. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of good stuff. Like going back, it's like, oh, okay, they were better than what I thought they were at the time. Sticking back to matches now, mm-hmm. let's talk about the 92 Rumble. And oh, baby. <laughs> this is everyone's favorite Rumble for the most part, right? Would you say the majority of people say this is the best Rumble or their yeah, favorite? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. It is the Hasbro Rumble. Okay. It has got Ric Flair and an epic performance. It's got Bobby Heenan begging for him to win. It's got Hogan losing, which makes you happy. And it's got an epic promo <laughs> afterwards with Ric Flair with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment of my life. And yeah. if you want, if you're a wrestling fan, if you were ever a wrestling fan growing up, like our, you're our age and you're born in the eighties or late seventies or whatever, you will know almost everyone in this rumble. Oh, for this, sure. Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah. This is the one to turn on if you've got friends mm-hmm. over. Like, let's just have a rumble on the background. <laughs> yeah. This is the one. This or 90, I'd say, but it's fantastic. And and I, I, that- I was on the fence with Bobby Heenan on here. At first, I, I, he was just too much of a whiny baby. And then the more I looked into it, I'm like, he's telling a completely different side story to go along with this whole thing. So, you know, even, even Heenan's like, um, I don't know, like scaredy. It, yeah. he, he's not Bobby Heenan, like the confident Bobby Heenan. He's nervous. He's scared. He's, he's, wor- he's worried for his guy. He is. Because there's so much, because Ric Flair is number three. He's got so many to go through. There's <laughs> there's legend after legend. It's not like Headbanger Mosh is coming. I was like, oh, right. God, here comes Roddy Piper now. Like, oh, no. like <laughs> And Hogan's next, and Sid, and Undertaker, it's, it's, and Savage. It's just yeah. Hall of Famers and epic wrestlers, one after the other. Yeah. So you could see why. And that's why this is on the list, because this is, I think, the standard rumble to show people. Sure is. Next moment I have on here, and this was mentioned by a few people on Twitter, the Austin beer bath, the first one, going into WrestleMania 15 when he takes out The Rock and Vince and yeah. and all them, and Vince is swimming in it. <laughs> this image of Austin on the truck, where he's looking pissed off. This is not a game. He's here no. to kick ass and let The Rock know he's going to check his, his ass into the SmackDown Hotel. And burn that some bitch to the ground. <laughs> yep. I watched the, uh, you probably did too, the Austin biography on A&E. Yeah. And just running through his whole thing, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, he was so awesome. <laughs> it just He just comes in with the beer bath. He comes in with the Zamboni, you know, <laughs> running that Zamboni right into the ring, like knocking it two, two, three inches to the right, jumping off, diving on McMahon. Like everything that he did was just so cool. And yeah, the, the, the beer bath was I think tops. I think that was where they started to elevate. Like, well, you can't come down and kick people in the nuts anymore. You know, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go bigger. So here comes the beer bath. Yeah, and this is one that the beer truck for the Austin highlight reel of his career. Mm-hmm. This is on it. You know, it's yeah. going to be the, the the moments he wins the title. It's going to be him stunning McMahon. It's going to be this. It's going right. to be the beer bath and. That promo is underrated too, where he talks about you come out of your little nursery rhymes. You better get your ass serious, son. He's he's not joking around. Nope. And he's got a look on his face. You could tell he's just a hundred percent adrenaline. Yeah. This entire time and an epic moment, one that deserves to be on this list that will last forever with wrestling. The next event I have is SummerSlam '92 from Webley Stadium. 
Yeah, this was so iconic. Like every match, and it's in it's in England. So I'm like, man, I'm like, how cool is that? And it, yeah, Wembley Stadium is gigantic. It's and every time There's I got see the horns going like, dur, 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 dur. <laughs> yeah, anytime I see something in Wembley Stadium is so packed, it just looks like a huge open air concert to me. And it's like, man, how did all of these people like get in here? But every, I mean, there's a new Wembley Stadium. I think they've built a new one. Yeah. And but every time I like on Twitter, like I have followers from England, I follow people over there. They talk about like a, a match at Wembley or whatever. I'm like, oh, where SummerSlam was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think of the Silverdome. The Lions played there forever. I mean, granted, wrestling fans think of that as yeah, as, as WrestleMania three. But I think most American fans, when they hear Wembley, they're thinking SummerSlam '92. They're thinking Bret Hart Bulldog. They're thinking Warrior Savage. They're thinking just LOD coming down on motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Just the whole show is is epic. It's well, they could of, be they could be thinking about Live Aid too. But you know, wrestling fans, we think about SummerSlam. I mean, I'm thinking more of SummerSlam than Live Aid. <laughs> okay. You're thinking Live Aid over summer over the well, slams ninety two? No, no, no. Those are the two things I think of. I don't know okay. any other place in Webley other than some maybe concert DVDs I've seen over the years. But if you just ask me what happened at Wembley Stadium, I'll say SummerSlam ninety two and, <laughs> and Live Aid. <laughs> that's awesome. In that order. But, but that's like a perfect like analogy too for yeah. for this topic of this show. Like here, let me just say one thing to you. First thing comes to mind. <laughs> you put you line up ten wrestling fans. Yeah. 10 of them are saying SummerSlam 92. Oh, assuming they're assuming they're from the US, definitely. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a European or a European soccer fan or football fan, I get it. Yeah, there's probably been some epic moments there. Yeah. But for us over here, sorry. It's it's summer it's SummerSlam 92. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Bad impression hour. Uh let's see what next up on matches here. We'll do a quick one here. The Seth Rollins cash in and money in the bank or not money, his money in the bank cash in mm-hmm. WrestleMania 31. We talked about perfect storms earlier with the yeah. Goldberg Hogan thing. This was perfect too. We had the Brock Roman match and no one wanted Brock to win. No one wanted Roman to win. Everybody was pissed at Roman. That was a good, that was a good match too. It was, but the crowd just like, no, we got to boo him. We, you're forcing him down our throats. And I think everyone in the arena had forgotten that Seth still had that cash in. In the, in the stadium. I know I did. And then when he came down and the image of him running down the aisle like uh-huh. with, with the briefcase and he's kind of happy. I was he's, so happy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> he's like running goofy so he doesn't fall. Uh-huh. Like for him to nail sprinting down that 50-yard ramp mm-hmm. and then to successfully hit the curb stop. And they had a little mini match and the crowd's buzzing the entire time. Then he wins. He's spinning the title at the top of the thing. And oh, yeah just an epic thing and it's it's cool that we've got a couple modern things on here but i'd say that one no matter what seth rollins does the rest of his rest of his career even let's say he tanks and he just he's just horrible he'll have that forever and you and he i'm sure he wants to do more moments and all that yeah but still i mean that's what everybody wants at least one wrestlemania moment yeah and that's gonna last it for that's gonna be on highlight reels forever yeah what's another one you i think of him coming out or, or doing that just incredible curb stomp on Orton. It was daytime and he's wearing, was it white gear? No, that was SummerSlam, but no, he was the black gear, but he had the match with Orton. He went to do the curb stomp. Orton pushed him up into the RKO. Yeah. Same same show. And what's funny is most people don't remember that. They remember the cash in. Oh yeah. That was the same show. Duh. (laughs) I had no idea he was going to come back out. He already had his match. Exactly. Epic stuff there. Uh, Another moment we want to talk about is, the streak is over when the Undertaker mm-hmm. lost to WrestleMania. 
man, were people pissed. I was at the Superdome in New Orleans. I was sitting in the 200 level, so pretty far away from the ring. Okay. And after it happened, first I thought it was a screw up. And then you, it was so like, it wasn't quiet, but it was like a hush quiet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could hear Paul Heyman saying, you did it. You did it. Oh my God. Like, like he was right next to me. Yeah. Quiet it was. But then the boo started coming in and this is something I love rewatching with all of the reactions of people in the crowd and whew. Yeah. And right after that, like I would, uh, I was in a group of, uh, at my friend's house in Lamont or not Lamont, uh, Lyle. And it was probably seven or eight of us. We were drinking having pizzas and just snacks and shit. And we're watching and, uh, side conversations going on. Yeah, you know, I'm going to win this match. Let's get yeah, it so, over so with. So we're watching it and it was just like, one, two, three. And everybody's like, everybody thought he was supposed to kick out and it was just, a, it was a false three and ref wasn't supposed to hit three. And it was like super quiet. And we're like, what the hell just happened? Everybody's like, you know, what's going on? And everybody's like, oh, and not everybody, but this one guy's like, oh, I saw 22 and oh on the screen. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> we're all talking about that. And, you know, then they got the, the that dude with the big eyes and like yeah. what? Ellis, Ellis, yep. Yeah, and Paul Heyman is shocked too, and I'm, we're like, what happened? I'm like, is the match going to start over? Like this, this, it was not, it, it's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like just not how Undertaker goes out, <laughs> and it was such a shock. And I, I'm sure it was a hundred times, you know, more at, at the event. It was just a thing where. After it happened, everyone, like they felt bad because they had the Divas match next and AJ Lee mm-hmm. defended her title against the whole roster was the deal. And yeah. everyone was just kind of trying to process what the hell just happened. Yeah, that was and, us. And we were like talking about it and my buddy and I were like, you know what? That was an epic thing. Like, okay, the, I'm, we saw some, we saw history. We saw it. Like, it's cool. Like we were here for it. We were kind of happy we were there for it. Mm-hmm. And looking back, of course it was the right thing to do because yeah. it made Brock this massive beast, no pun intended, who's just taking everyone out for the next few years. And it's also something that everyone's always going to remember. Yeah. And that where Brock they Le- were that when Brock the streak ended. was, he was a beast. Like I remember what I think it was SummerSlam. I don't know if it was that year or the year after, but John Cena, like he just mauled John Cena, like yep, it was maybe, maybe 30 soup, uh, suplexes and they were counting, you know, like they do the Cesaro swing now, but you know, all the suplexes and the whole crowd's like 12, 30, like he just annihilated him and, and Randy Orton, he busted his head open with that, yeah. four, with the elbow across his head. I'm like, this dude is a badass. And yeah, let's, yeah. Say, let's say Undertaker wins this match. Okay, cool. He wins. And then Brock goes to do his thing. And then Undertaker leaves for the year, but mm-hmm. good, good for Brock, good for Undertaker. And I want there to be a WWE untold of that match. Yeah. I want to know where everyone was when they found out. I want to mm-hmm. know what they were thinking. I want to know every damn detail give it to me give it to me <laughs> give it to me <laughs> give it to me <laughs> the next Wait, event was that, was that a batista thing <laughs> give me what i want <laughs> and then I, made I, the... I, I want to stick with wrestlemania 30 because that also okay had that daniel bryan match against triple yes. h the, the yes the yes mania the yes movement all that stuff and for me in 2014 that's when i really got back into wrestling and that's when i ordered the network right around january or i was getting the network and yeah daniel bryan early january had had kind of gotten coerced or just just beaten down to the point to where he joined the wyatt family yeah. so i'm like oh okay i guess he's a new wyatt he looked kind of like a wyatt with beard and all that kind of stuff and 
and then the there jumpsuit. Was, yeah, yeah, the jumpsuit. Like he he matched he he matched the other uh, Harper and Rowan. And then there's that match with the, the Usos on Raw mid January. And I think the Usos are taken care of. And Bray Wyatt is telling um, Brian from across the ring. He's like, you know, come at me, come at me, do it, because he feels like Daniel Bryan wants to turn on him. And Brian just totally turns on him, and it's just like the best thing. You got Luke Harper climbing up. Brian just running the ropes, kicking Luke Harper off the off the cage as he's trying to climb. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Rowan, and just the crowd was just so like, I don't know, I I, I get goosebumps like thinking about it, and everybody he's doing the slow yes, yes, and the whole crowd, every single person like you look at, it, they do the pan away, and everybody's mm-hmm. arms are yes, and he's just getting faster and faster, faster, and he nails. Um, Wyatt, I'm like, oh my god! And going into the Royal Rumble, I went to Texas. And I'm with my friends, and we're watching the Royal Rumble. I'm like, Daniel Bryan, I'm like, he's got the moment. Like he is white hot. Everybody wants him to win. And then Batista wins, and we're like, oh man! That's when uh, Rey Mysterio got the big boo at the Royal Rumble because <laughs> mm-hmm. because everybody wanted Daniel Bryan to win. Yeah. And just that whole road to that is just like amazing. Like for me, that's that's like my peak road to WrestleMania. Um, getting really yeah. getting back into wrestling it was that that moment you're talking about on raw really sticks out to me for sure and that mm-hmm. leads into the whole wrestlemania 30 thing and it, being there live and that whole weekend it was yes 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 everywhere you went and it was organic and it was awesome and it was something that all things considered might be one of the best storylines wwe's ever done intentional mm-hmm. or not i don't care if yeah. they were forced into doing it they still did it and it still gave us this 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 epic story and this epic memory, and I'm glad they did. I'm glad for Daniel Bryan too, and good yeah. for, he got himself another WrestleMania main event. And who would have thought that the American <laughs> Dragon, you know, the guy who was projected to face Sheamus WrestleMania 30, would have this epic yeah. Hall of Fame career? Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, just having him at the end. I mean, I'll always just imagine him like in, in New Orleans, holding the two titles up, all yep. the Fetty coming down. Like that, that's a moment. It is. Uh, the next event we have is All In at, in Chicago, which was the basically what led to AEW and basically changed the wrestling business in, in North America by having another legit company for wrestlers to go to. Yeah. The whole deal was independent wrestling was pretty hot at the time. We went to that ROH New Japan show mm-hmm. in like a field house, and they had to add more seats because it was so packed when we yeah. wanted to go. and. It was a buzz, and then I think it all started with the joke is that someone asked Dave Meltzer, like, could the ROH and team sell out a, an arena? And Dave says, not anytime soon. And Cody Rhodes says, I'll take this bet. <laughs> and then they decided, okay, let's do this show. Let's produce our own show with basically the smaller independent guys and ROH guys and New Japan into one epic show here. Mm-hmm. And it was in Chicago, in actually the suburb of Chicago. It sold out in, I think, 30 minutes, 10,000 seats. I got to be there. I got tickets, and it was an awesome show, an epic event. I, the only reason I was hesitant to put it on this list is because it's not released anywhere, and no one really owns the footage because it's so many different companies. Yeah. It's not replayed a ton, which may hurt. I do think when wrestling historians look back, this will be named as a pivotal event. But it has to be signature moments is going to be tough. It has to be because if, at the time, I mean, impact wrestling was, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
it, it was still what it was for like an impact wrestling fan, but on a large scale thing, it's like, it's not a big deal. WWE is like the, the big guy. They still are number one. So like trying to see like, yeah, it was the better. I think it was the young bucks and Cody and all this stuff. Like we're going to put on an event. And then Meltzer's like, no, you can't do it. And they, they sold this stuff out. I, I don't even think anybody was really announced. And then you start seeing people from impact wrestling, yeah. um, like Chelsea green and Tessa it's Blanchard. All in. Like this person's yeah. all in this person's all, in. I remember the right. reveals. and all the announcements kind of like, holy crap. I'm like, for me, this is all like independent heaven. Yeah. And it was like now it's almost like independent um, dream matches. Like I wanted to see Pentagon go against, say, uh, Kenny Omega or you know something like that. And it just gave me as a fan like all of this cool stuff of mixing Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and some other smaller promotions. Just everybody coming together. Maybe um, MLW. I don't know where MJF came from, but just all of these guys on here. MJF. You got Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Uh, DDP comes out with the. Um, with the crew, with, it was the family, the Nightmare family. Yeah, yeah, with Cody to go against uh, Nick Aldis for the NWA title. Like every, every, they had some good matches for this. Um, Lanny Poffo, the brother of uh, Randy yeah. Savage, comes out with Jay Lethal, where he kind of goes back and forth between <laughs> Jay Lethal and, um, oh my God. Black Machismo. Black Machismo. Yeah, just doing that. Like he gets bopped on the head or something, and he would like transform into Machismo yep. and do all the bannerisms and the moves and flip Gordon. Like this is where I kind of really like. Fell in love with Flip Gordon. It, just everything was so good about this. And it was all booked basically off the Being the Elite yeah. YouTube show. That's yeah. where it all was booked from. And again, this is something that if you're not a fan of the AEW wrestlers and people say the style, but I don't think they really have a style. I think they're just wrestling. And it, it's an important event for wrestlers and for mm-hmm. wrestling fans to, to what it launched. And it was great to be at. I might pop that show in tonight and, and take a look at. It. I, I may yeah. have a copy of it. I may watch that tonight. You have you have the DVD of it. I do. I have a. Yeah. Do you have the a, dark a, matches on there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I want to see SoCal versus the Briscoe Brothers because I really thought that would be like on the show. Yeah. Well, I remember it was that, and then the Battle Royal Casino Bear. It wasn't the Casino Bear. It was the what was it? The All In Battle Royal or something like, or All Out Battle Royal was what it was called. And Flip Gordon ended up winning, and it was a great show. Marco Stunt was in that match as his debut. Yeah, it's just right. so many. It's a cool little thing to watch. And we were at Starcast the yeah. day before that too. So I, I mean, just everything about that for us, it just makes it super memorable. For sure. Another match I want to talk about as we get near the end here. Oh, was, no, I just want to say it was called Over the Budget Battle Royal. Oh, that's they, it. Because they didn't have the money. Right, <laughs> so, that's right. That's so if right. You over to Budget Battle Royal, yep. it was supposed to be you did it for free. <laughs> yeah, Over Budget Battle Royal. Another match we got to talk about, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, WrestleMania 13. Yeah. This kind of goes without saying, so I don't want to break it down too much because we've all talked about it enough, but the visuals of – everyone thinks of the visual of Austin with the blood in the sharpshooter, yeah. but the match itself is fantastic too. Like the whole thing's awesome. Yeah, there's yeah. so many moments like Austin waxing with the chair, and then he wraps him up with the power cord, and Ken Shamrock's it to bring legitimacy to keep these two guys apart, and it's just the it's WrestleMania 13 is a one match show, maybe a two match show with a street fight, but it's just a fantastic, fantastic match. And Brett, Brett's growing into this heel character because he just does not understand why the fans like all of this debauchery and this cussing and yeah. this violence. And he's like, I'm the ultimate good guy. How come you don't like me anymore? And he just gets started pissing off the fans. 
not pissed off at the fans. Yeah, he gets pissed off at the fans, and it's like, America sucks. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you guys are so backwards. Because I go to Canada, I'm beloved by everybody. I come yeah. here, and you guys hate me. Yeah. So it's like, in Austin, it's just anti-hero, and everybody's like, hell yeah, we love Austin. Because... I don't know what happened in the '90s, but goddamn, anybody that was a jerk, like uh-huh. everybody, everybody loved them. Maybe yeah. because everybody just wanted it was so over, like you know, the super good guys and all that stuff. Like, no, I want to be a bad guy. I want to be a heel. I want to say some foul stuff to people. <laughs> and then the start of the match when the glass shatters and Austin yeah. steps over, and then Bret Hart steps over the shattered glass, and mm-hmm. just a whole epic show. We got Jr. Vince and the King on the call don't want to break this down too much because everyone's seen this match a million times, but it's got to be on there for one of the matches that's going to live forever. This could be a moment too, just the eyes, you know, the, yeah. the, the, not the eyes, the blood and the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. And even when, what, like, I'm thinking like Brett takes off his sunglasses. He's got like this shitty smirk on his face. He's like, mm-hmm. what the hell? <laughs> gotta fight this guy. The next, uh, last moment I have listed is Hulk Hogan joins the NWO. Oh and man, we could talk about a lot of moments. We could talk about him dropping the leg. Yeah, we could talk about him doing the promo. There's a lot to talk about with this whole thing, and it's it's still so well done. It is the way they did it, and I can't believe they pulled it off. You know, there was rumors. I guess I don't remember having any clue who it was going to be. Do you remember at all who you thought it would be? No, I remember. No, because I I knew, I mean, at the time, you, your Razor's gone, um, Diesel's gone. I'm like, well, I don't know who the third person would be. And I didn't know it was going to be like a takeover of, of old WWF guys. And like, I, no one knew any of this. It was just like, okay, well, I knew um, um, Scott Hall as yeah. the diamond stud. Like, I knew he was there before. Then he was went to WWF to be Razor Home. I knew Vinny Vegas left mm-hmm. WCW to go to be diesel. So I, I kind of knew who they were before. And I'm like, so I didn't see the WWF tie in that they were coming from up North to take over and all this kind of stuff. And it was, I didn't know. And yeah. then to see Hogan, I'm like, I still didn't really figure it out <laughs> until you got like DiBiase and Virgil and Bossman, like all ex WWF guys. I'm like, Oh, that, it kind of makes sense. now. <laughs> well, it, I'm just trying to think of the Hogan promo too, with, you fans can stick it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mean Gene is so like appalled that Hogan mm-hmm. would do this. He's like, "I've known you for years. I can't believe you're treating your fans like this." Yeah. But that's what he says. He can, they could stick it. <laughs> yeah, this this all, all this crap in the ring represents you fans, brother. Oh my he's still doing the brother Hulkster stick he is, too, but he's just being a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and, he, and I there was one point he called it the the New World Organization and I'm like wait wait a second they said New World Order and at the time me I thought he got that from the Ministry song because Ministry was like a big kind of industrial metal band in the 90s and one of their big hits was uh, New World Order I'm like oh okay that's kind of cool but it, it was probably from you know George Bush's and the government's New World Order deal but to me mm-hmm. I thought it was from Ministry song. <laughs> the other the other event we're going to talk about the last event. Is ECW One Night Stand 2005. You want to talk about 2006, which is great. We'll talk about both. But these shows that, in retrospect, it's crazy that they did them. Yeah. That WWE decided to do a throwback ECW show when the guys were still young enough to be able to wrestle. 
and put on a show, and they did it at the Hammer at the Hammerstein Ballroom, right, or the Manhattan mm-hmm. with Ballroom or the Manhattan Center. I have to look it up. I think it was the Hammerstein uh, ballroom. ballroom. Yeah, yeah, it's the Ballroom, and Ma- at the Manhattan Center, right. And this was a show we all ordered on paper. We were like, oh, well, we got to watch this. I wasn't even watching wrestling in 2005, but I'm like, ECW's back? Hell yeah. Yeah. And it was just an awesome show. And it, it was authentic. It was Paul Heyman doing like a shoot. You know, you're like, ooh, he's he's breaking the fourth wall. But yeah, he's, he's just crapping on, on, on Bischoff and WWE. GDL. Yeah, just like, man, I'm like, this guy's. He's back in the saddle. <laughs> yeah, you've, and then it was, uh, yeah, Chris Jericho came came out as the Lionheart with his hair wet. Yeah, that's, that what, that's what I liked, yeah. Just an epic show. And the, I thought it was cool that they did the classic W, the ECW guys. Like, I remember Lance Storm was there, um, the Buzzsaw Tajiri, I remember him being there, and Guerrero, uh, Tanaka, Mike Awesome, like all of these guys. I'm like, okay, this is like an authentic ECW with WWE talent that, you know, they could contract. And yeah, I think Sabu. maybe they signed one night contracts for this stuff too, like uh, Tracy Smothers and mm-hmm. uh, the Guido, uh, the Guidos, <laughs> little, little Guido. <laughs> Sabu took, taking on uh, Rhino. Yeah. Like, come on, that's ECW. The main event's the Dudley Boys taking on yeah. Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. Mm-hmm. This is where it was at. Epic show. Epic times, epic event. But you want to talk about 2006 at all? Do you know what you have on that one? Well, 2006, I remember um, it was going to be John Cena and RVD is just like the crown jewel of ECW at the time. And I, I kind of understood that. Um, I didn't really watch ECW because it was on too late at night and it was just looked like garbage wrestling to me. So I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like uh, appointment TV for me. So I'm like, oh, I have to watch this because it's wrestling. It was just like, oh, this is kind of crappy wrestling. But um, you know, through the years and stuff and RVD coming over, I'm like, well, this guy, I like RVD and, yeah. you know, with the whole thumbs RVD and he's kind of like the stoner, but he's super athletic. He, you know, looks like, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme where he gets the name, but just everything about him. I thought he was awesome and doing the frog splash, you know, coming off the, everything about him. And just when John Cena comes out to face RVD, he's, I think RVD was the champion or ECW champion at the time, whatever. Um, but everybody is just booing the crap out of Cena. And he, <laughs> Cena takes off his shirt and throws it in the crowd. Guy throws it right back into the yep. ring. It happened Cena. a few times. <laughs> and Cena, he, he would have got murdered <laughs> if there was no security <laughs> there. And just the match. And then when, when RVD finally wins, he gets uh, the little help from Edge. And, oh, man, just, just that match for me it was just so – that. It's something that I think about when I think of, like, the ECW one-night stands that WWE did. Like, that's mm-hmm. the match I, I, I like. Yeah, both of them back-to-back shows stand out. I know people talk about 2005 the most, mm-hmm. but 2006 definitely stands out as well. I want to want to watch all this stuff tonight. Like, I want to <laughs> hope everyone listening like goes back and watches all this stuff. Yeah, and you know what? The Edge, Lita, and Foley like that was a really yeah. good match too. And I think it was Beulah, Funk, and you know uh, I forget who the other guy was, but that was a good six. It was Beulah. Inter- it was uh, the main event or that match was Edge, Lita, and Mick Foley. Beulah, Terry Funk, and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Dreamer. How could I forget Dreamer? I can't forget. He's still wrestling. He's still out there in his <laughs> right. sweatpants. Yeah, he'll show, he'll show up in different promotions. Good on him. All right. So I got one more match left, and I guess one more moment. The moment I'll stick off with is going to be the image of Shawn Michaels leaping from the ladder WrestleMania 10 and Razor Ramon. Okay. The, the splash. Yeah. That's, again, you got your Shawn Michaels highlight reel. Mm-hmm. that's going to be on there. That's going to be on your then, now, forever, and whatever their new slogan is. I, intro think, it's, for, I think it's just uh, 
we're here. <laughs> it's, it's one word. I forgot what it was. They recently changed after WrestleMania. Well, it's obviously really made a big impact on us. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> but that moment is, is fantastic. And that match is great. We, we look back at it. It still holds up as a great match. But that's the moment I want to pick out from that. Yeah. The last match I want to talk about is I go back and forth with what my favorite match of all time is. And this is one of them. It's Shawn Michaels Undertaker 1, WrestleMania 25. Not the retirement match, huh? No, because the retirement match, I knew the result. And I in the 25 match, I thought I thought I knew the result. But as the match kept going, I'm like, wait a minute. Is Shawn Michaels going to beat him? Mm-hmm. And then just... Okay. Just the, the so many like big spots happen and big moments in the story yeah. they tell of Michaels being so desperate to do anything he can to beat the Undertaker mm-hmm. to the point when the Undertaker does that dive and lands yeah. on his head and the ref is doing the count. Michaels is like pleading the ref like, "Come on, hurry up, hurry up, come <laughs> count on, come faster, on, come on, come on, come on, I just want to win." Yeah. And then the super kick gets him with, and then the false finish where Undertaker it's your standard finish. Undertaker grabs Michaels after he tries to skin the cat. Does the one, two, three, you know, the the tombstone with the tongue yeah. tongue out? Mm-hmm. But when Michaels kicks out, that place explodes. This is before the twenty seven kickouts of the tombstone type of thing. Yeah. And then when he had his tongue out and the arms crossed, like that was the finish. That's it. That's it. But no. Go home. And then the last ride he gave Michaels in that match, he just grabs him by like his belt and like he's extra high in the air, slams him down. And then for the finish, Undertaker catches the moonsault, one, two, three, and just epic match. And it's, like I said, I go back and forth on what my favorite of all time is, but this is one of them for sure. And it's it's one that I think it's Undertaker's best match ever, yeah. I would say. And I, I just like the finish to WrestleMania 26 where, where Sean is just pleading and just like just scratching and clawing to get back up. And, yeah, and slaps him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on. <laughs> I just put him out of his misery. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're both great matches. And um, I, I could see why you like 25 and, you know, I, I prefer 26, but they're both great. I'd watch them both back to back. and <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do that for a watch along someday, but. 25 into 26. <laughs> yeah, it'll be epic. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's. That's all I got for this. The wrestling is forever. Again, guys, there's stuff we missed, and there's stuff you guys mentioned, which we really appreciate. But do you have anything else before we wrap up the show? Yeah, the one that sticks with me. I mean, it's. I guess it's not recent anymore. But in 2013, I I went to, and I told the story before. I don't know if I was probably on this podcast or you in person, but and I, there was this pro wrestling blitz. It was a promotion in a local town, Joliet, where I would go to, and they would have stars come out to kind of sell the show. Yeah. So one time they had uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Paul Bearer and Jake the Snake Roberts. It's like, oh, okay, I know those guys. You know, that's what brought people in. So Paul Bearer was there one night. I'm like, I want to meet Paul Bearer. I, you know, he's just so cool. And it was 2013. 2013, yeah. And I go there and, you know, I met him. He didn't have any makeup on. He wasn't doing, oh, yeah. yeah. He was just uh, Percy Pringle, just a regular dude yeah. in, his, in his T-shirt and pants. <laughs> like, he didn't even, like, get up in character. I'm like, come on, Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm like, that, you don't look like the poster. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I was in line and I'm like, think, I'm looking at him like, okay, he's just a normal guy. He's got, like, a big McDonald's soda or diet sure. soda or whatever. I'm like, okay, this is just a regular dude coming out off the road. Hot, stopped at McDonald's, got, you know, a Big Mac and some fries. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just a regular guy and, you know, I met him and he's real nice. And at the time I had bought a DVD of like, um, 
memorable managers or whatever it was. And there was a uh, trading cards in there. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted Paul to sign. I'm, I'm just not a fan of like those eight by tens. So I'm like, I need something like unique. So I, I'm like, Oh, I have this card. So I brought him the trading card and he signed it. And I'm like, it was really nice to meet you. I told him a story about, you know, um, whatever I told him. I think it was yeah. about the, the, the you turning, told a different turning. story. Told him about you and Little League, like nothing to do with wrestling yeah, at all. So, Just tell yeah. the story about you. <laughs> I, I was in a funeral home once and I saw my grandpa in, the, in, the, in a coffin. <laughs> and so, they just stare at him. What do you yeah. got to say about that? <laughs> say it. Say it, Paul. Say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good so, impression. It's a good yeah. one. So, you know, I met him. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I was on a high about it. I watched the rest of the show, but that was also the year in that was February. So I think shortly in March he died. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I'm so glad I met him because there's so mm-hmm. many wrestlers that are dead that I wish I would have met. And yeah. he's one of them. Like, oh, I, I got to meet him right before he died. And CM Punk was, you know, still a little bit hot at the time. And I remember Paul Heyman was with CM Punk. So so CM Punk is is doing his whole thing. I think he lost the title to The Rock earlier that that Royal Rumble, whatever. And maybe it was the year before, but I'm just thinking punk undertakers in the ring. So Paul Heyman comes out and you hear like the gong and you see, mm-hmm. you hear, Oh yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Like he's dead. And undertaker knows he's dead. And the undertaker's in the middle of this promo in the middle of the ring. Paul Heyman comes out dressed like Paul Heyman. Yeah. With, with the old, makeup. Oh man. With the makeup. And I'm like, he looks just like him and he sounds like him. And he's talking trash and all this kind of stuff. And undertaker, he, um, Paul Heyman also comes out. He's just at the entrance way, like at the, at the stage before he walked down the ramp and he's up there and uh, there might've been like 10 Druids coming out. So it's really like Paul Heyman just mocking and just being totally disrespectful about Paul Bearer and Undertaker gets so mad at this and he comes charging up the ramp and going to get Paul Heyman. Who's, who looks amazing. <laughs> if he's going to go in a Halloween costume, he could, he could do Paul Bearer. They're, they're and, the same figure. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're all dumpy looking and pear shaped. And, uh, so as soon as Undertaker gets his hands on Bear, um, CM Punk takes his robe off. He attacks, um, Undertaker from behind is just going at it. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Cause I love CM Punk. You're all uh, in now. I, I'm all in and he's beating him up. But the thing that just totally shocked me, I'm like, and I laughed cause I'm like, this is like ultimate, like dirt bag heel stuff. He takes the urn and <laughs> dumps the ashes from the urn. Paul mm-hmm. bears urn. Like that's his, that's supposed to be his ashes. He throws <laughs> it. He throws it in Undertaker's face. He's beating he with the urn. Bathes in the ashes too. He, he, he wipes the, his, 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 um, what do you call it? I guess ash. What do you call it? It's ash, right? Yes. It's, it's ash. What it be ash. called? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a more sophisticated word. <laughs> no. But he's just, his ash-laden hand just wipes it on his chest and just like he would blood. I'm like, man, I'm like, that is some heat-seeking stuff right there. But mm-hmm. that just sticks out to me because I met Bar- Paul Bearer, you know, a couple months before then. Just leading up to that, I'm like, that was the best story. Like, an Undertaker was on board. You know, I figured that out. I'm like you couldn't tell the better story at that time. Yeah. And you got to meet him too. I'm, I'm still mad. You didn't just tell him a random story. Like I saw a funeral parlor once <laughs> and he's like, okay, <laughs> I liked you when you had the flower shop. Yeah. <laughs> like that was a Donna's dickhead. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like, say it, say <laughs> it, say the line. So awesome stuff. Well, this has been a fun show and I really want to thank all the listeners that submitted their stories and their, favorite epic wrestlemania moments 
A special thanks to Tony for sending that awesome audio. Go ahead and start a podcast. People will listen. I would listen if he did. We started a show about retro wrestling. And speaking of retro wrestling, uh, one of our podcast buddies, the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you're following them on Twitter and listening to their show at OVP Podcast. And they also have a Patreon. So if you are going on some type of road trip or anything and want to listen to old wrestling talk, they have a Patreon. It's only five bucks a month that I've started to listen to a little bit. They review every WWF pay-per-view starting WrestleMania 1. Make sure you're following them at OVP Podcast. I mentioned them also earlier. I was a special guest on their show. It was super awesome to do so. The fully posable wrestling figure podcast, Scott and Jeff, every week do the wrestling hey, hey, figure Hey, hey, talk. hey, 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 hey. Like, I feel like total shit. What? We never, we never did the countdown. What countdown? And, and I didn't do record. That's okay. I, I got the backup. We're good. Oh, okay. Thank All God. Right. That'll be, I'll leave that in there. We're, thank God we did that because oh, I've been God. pissed yeah. if we had an hour and a half. We definitely did the countdown. Anyways, <laughs> so real quick here, kayfabe Ooh. guys. Uh, Eric, I'm sweating and I, over here. I, Eric I, and I are in def, separate rooms because it's late. He's at his summit mine. Normally we record separate tracks. But today Eric forgot to hit record. Luckily. I, I am so hot and sweaty right now. Luckily, my, I have an app notes. called Call Recorder as a backup. Oh, my which man. I have been using. So Eric's audio won't be as great as it normally is, but that's okay. And I will address that at the beginning of the show. Thanks so much. Anyway, Scott and Jeff, the Fully Pulsable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure you are following them on Twitter and following their shows as well. Our friends over at uh, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Breaker does the show with Bane each and every week. Also, Breaker has a new show called You Know It's Fake Right, where he interviews wrestlers. And it's become a show on like my regular rotation, so follow them as well. Also, Eric and Barry at the Doing the Favor podcast. They talk figures, they talk sports, they talk wrestling. Lots of fun stuff each and every week. And then our friends over at the Ringside Podcast, Daniel Spencer and friends talk Impact Wrestling. They talk uh, regular wrestling, all that other regular wrestling. They have something different. <laughs> all the other fun stuff. All the follow other them, wrestling. Follow them at Ringside Podcast. And then follow our friends, Justin Summers, at the Wrestling Cheers Podcast. They do fun interviews every week, focusing a lot on the independent circuit. So that's a cool show to listen to as well. All right. Well, I'm glad I had the backup because Eric screwed up because I've been really mad if we record this nice, awesome, long show. Me too. It didn't record. But we like, got it, buddy. We are not going to do this over again. No, we're not. <laughs> we got it, buddy. It's all good. It happens. Oh, you're and the best. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for coming on. Thanks for not doing your part, but thanks for chatting it up with me here this week. Oh, for, yeah. We got to. I always want to say for sure, but then I stop myself. I feel we, like I say that too many times. No, no. We we got to start doing in persons again. So we'll get, yeah. we'll get we'll get an in person one lined up. We're both fully vaccinated. We're all good to go. And also, next time it's nice, we're going to do a nice night recording coming up soon outside in the gazebo. Summer's coming up. All right. We're going to do some fun shows in person. I can't wait to hang out and do shows together again mm -hmm. and eric thanks for for joining us anything else oh no that's it <laughs> thanks for listening guys we will <laughs> see you next week